great Scott. Are you a sports fan who loves to have a good laugh? Oh, yeah. Then you're in the right place. I'm going to make him an offer again. Life moves pretty fast. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. This week I have uh, Scott Swartz. Scott, how you doing? Good, how are you? Alright, uh, so uh, let's start with a couple of the questions I've written down for you. Um, tell the listeners, uh, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Did you, are you a lifer there? Are you still living in that area or have you... No, no, no. I'm living down by, um, not too far from New Orleans now, in um, Covington, Louisiana. Yeah. And um, how was it growing up in uh, Philadelphia? You know, it's, um, you're close to Boston, so you know the, the vibe. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, everybody's a tough guy, and you're always being tested, and uh, living in your inner city, it could be challenging to, um, to you. And, um, that's about it. Typical, um, big city stuff. Philadelphia is a kind of, um, patriotic place. You got Liberty Bell down there and you got the, um, Independence Hall, Betsy Ross house and some other places. Benjamin Franklin, I guess was from Philly. And, um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. I'd rather be, rather be from there than Cleveland, Ohio, put it that way. Really? I'd never been to Cleveland, but, uh, you know, the, the Indians are doing pretty good this year. Uh, I don't know. I'm a big Phillies fan, still am. Wear my Phillies stuff around. People smirk under their breath at me because the Phillies are in the last place. But yeah. I don't give a damn, and uh, if they come up and say something to me, yeah. I'll let them have it, but. They never do, so I don't have to worry about it. There you go. So your nickname is the Ultimate Bad Guy, and you grew up in Philadelphia, and uh, you played football, baseball, and hockey, right? Yep. Did you play in uh, college? Or just played like in college for Temple University. I uh, went to two years of college, and then started making a great living with professional wrestling. And you say screw school at that point. It just becomes too tedious to try to get anything that you're going to get, master's degree, whatever, whatever your goals are. But, um, yep, um, very good and great back when you could do what you wanted to do and not be chastised for it, you know? Yeah. How did you uh, fall into wrestling? Uh, because I can't sing or dance. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, actually, I um, I went to um, trying to think of exactly how. Well, believe it or not, it's kind of a crazy story. I'm sure you'd hear people say that they were gladiator in, in the Roman Empire days, and they fought lions, and they become a professional wrestler, but. I was a kid, and I would go to my grandmother's house, and um, she'd be uh, she would never curse around me, never raise her voice around me. I was like her golden child. But um, one day, 
I'm in her house and I'm in the bedroom and I'm playing with matchbox cars. And I was about, oh, I don't know, seven or eight or nine. And all of a sudden I hear, you son of a bitch. And I, um, I said, wow, she cursed. And I crept down the hallway slowly and came around the corner and she was watching TV and sitting on the edge of the couch cursing at the TV. And I looked on the TV and there was professional wrestling. And I said, wow, you can do something and you curse that and you won't get punished. And because that's what you think as a kid. So I said, I'm going to become a professional wrestler for my grandmother. When I told people that I wanted to do that, they said, you're out of your mind. And I said, why? Because you think you have to be a nut to be a wrestler? And they said, no, because you'll never become a wrestler. And that's all I need to, to give me that shot of adrenaline. And I went on to become a professional wrestler. Yeah. And uh, I'm guessing you went to a wrestling school in that area? Uh, no, I went to, I, I sold all my worldly belongings and went to Salem, Massachusetts, the witch town. The town witch and everything there, Lori Cabot is her name. And they have a bunch of museums up there, witch museums and things. Great place to go around Halloween. And um, I went to the Killer Kowalski Institute of Professional Wrestling. But what I did was I went up to his school and he said to me that I would cost, back then it was about $3,000 to go through wrestling school. I paid $3,000 and remarkably enough, as I was going through the wrestling school, I had to relocate, I can't drive back and forth from uh, Salem, Mass to Philly every, every day. So... Uh, Kowalski gradually gave me back the $3,000. Uh, he would take me out to dinner and take me here and take me there and give me money whenever he saw me. Here, Scott, uh, you're not eating right. Take this money. And, you know, after a while, um, it just became, you know, just the usual for him. And one day in, um, in 1990 something, I think it was, uh, I went up to him and I said, Walter, we were at the Cauliflower Alley Convention, which is our fraternity. I went up to him and I said, Walter, let me give you that money back. And he goes, what money? And I said, the money that you took for school and then gave back to me. And he said, that was a gift to keep it. And he would not take any money from me. And that's remarkable in, in, a, uh, in a day and time where you have a bunch of con artists running wrestling schools and milking people for a lot of money yeah. and then saying, I'll get you a professional match. And they say, okay, here's the money. And then after they graduate, graduate wrestling school from people that don't even know how to wrestle or what to do, they, um, they get a high school match in some high school uh, and they pay them 50 bucks or 25 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's it. Well, bye. Thank you. And that's the end of it. Yeah. And people are just going, going and doing it because they have dreams of making it. And unfortunately, you, 
pretty much the entire business has been monopolized by Vince McMahon. Yeah. So you're not going to get any work anywhere. You're going to get it. The Man Cave Chronicles on Twitter at the MCC Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Blaze and Will here from Hey Down and From Podcast. Join us every Tuesday as we provide the movie commentary that you never asked for. Who's throwing a party? That's going to be terrible. We go over our weekly entertainment-based adventures. God, if you're listening, <laughs> hell! Then we dig in and tear apart the movies everyone loves. Oh, I had my mouth open, you f***ing animal! Check us out on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. I had to rewind myself. I know! Alright, thanks for, thanks, thanks for mansplaining that to me, please. And give us a follow on Instagram at HeyDownInFront underscore podcast and Twitter at HDIF underscore podcast. See you next Tuesday. Oh, okay, Blake. <laughs> hey, this is Adam Nutter. And this is Greg Trout. Come check out our podcast, Nerds with Words. Adam and I talk about pop culture, comedy, comic books, movies, conspiracies. We're both comedians and we might make you laugh. Every week we welcome a guest from the entire spectrum of pop culture and science and comedy. You can follow us on Twitter at NerdsWithWords1. This is Brandon, Brandon Gertz from Bellator MMA. Um, you're listening to the Man Cave Chronicles. Who did, you, uh, who did you look up to for like the wrestling world? Who were some of your favorite wrestlers? Well, I remember wrestling Andre the Giant in Montreal in 1981, and I looked up to him. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, actually I did, but, um, uh, you know, there's very few wrestlers that I really like because I know the way they really are. Some of them have drug addictions. Some of them have physical limitations. Some of them have all kinds of things. The guys like Carl Gotch and Gene LaBelle, and guys that can really, you know, back in our day, we would, some of the wrestlers would go to bars, and they'd be sitting there, and somebody would come up and challenge them. Oh, wrestling's all fake. And, and they couldn't they couldn't refute that in any way because they really didn't know how to wrestle. Well, Kowalski taught us how to wrestle and how to protect ourselves because unfortunately, yes, the business is staged to some degree, but there's not a lot of people that can actually apply it. So in order to make sure that you could defend yourself, somebody came up and tried you. Uh, Kowalski told us both ways of doing it, the real way and, and fake way. Yeah. So the advantage of being trained by a champion and not a jlub as a, as the Jews like to say. Yeah. Um, for how many years did you wrestle in, uh, did you do a lot of the independent scene? I think, yeah, I think I did about 20, 20 years. Um, I got into business in 79 and, uh, not time dating myself here, but, um, one day I woke up in 1999 and I said to myself, geez, that's it. That's it. Because it gets to the point where, you, they want you, and they want to take you, and they want you on their show, but there's a lot of things involved. Driving your car to the show, wrestling, and you're wrestling people that don't know what they're doing, and that, that affects you. And when you're in the film business, which I was, you don't want to risk injury and then have to turn down 
a $5,000 job because you got injured $50 wrestling show. So it, it becomes non-feasible. Yeah. And um, so after you were done with wrestling, how did you get into becoming a producer or a director and getting into acting? Well, you know, I just, I got into acting. I worked a bunch of shows and um, I was working on Ocean's 12, I think it was, or 13. And Steven Soderbergh had a problem and he said, I need to get this done from this to this. And he said, what do you think, Scott? I said, well, I gave him some advice and he said, let me see it. And he watched it through the camera. And he watched it and said, that is brilliant. You should direct. And when Steven Soderbergh says you should direct, you should direct. So uh, I went out and got a camera. Thank God I've never had um, any problems with drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or any expensive habits, gambling or anything like that. So I had money to get a camera and um, the rest is history. A lot of my friends came out and helped me out in the film. Um, Kevin Sorbo and Daniel Roebuck and a whole bunch of other people. And um, just thankfully I was able to make it and I'm happy with the result. And that's it. Just did it the way I learned and the way I was comfortable with. And everyone had a great experience on the set. Yeah. How was it playing in movies like Spider-Man and, uh, you know, fun with Dick and Jane and, Well, Spider-Man was great. Huh? No, go ahead. Spider-Man was great because I was with Randy Savage, and Randy and I had been on a zillion shows together, and it was great to work with him finally. And um, so that was cool. And um, we had fun, and unfortunately he passed away a short time after that. Yeah, and... um... And of course, Buffy the Vampire, you know, that was a huge TV show back in the day. That had a good, yep. fo- that had a good following. How was it playing in that? Yep. Um, you know, when you work a show a bunch of times, I think I did five angels, three Buffies, one Charmed. And you're working with all the same people and they get to know you. They get to know your name. You're, they trust you. Uh, because you wouldn't be back if, if you did anything wrong or harm somebody in any way. Yeah. So, you know, you uh, it, it's pretty cool because you're with your family, really. So um, the funniest one was um, funniest one was one that were on the set. Things are a little there's a little tension when Sarah Michelle's on the set because they want everything to go perfectly. And Sarah Michelle comes up to me. I'm playing a vampire, and she's going to stake me and kill me. And uh, she goes, you ready to die, Schwartz? And I go, it's a clear case of the world's smallest Jew (laughs) killing the world's biggest Jew. (laughs) And she just cracked up laughing, and the whole set was so relaxed after that. And And it was pretty funny, I thought it was. Have a question for the Man Cave Chronicles? Tweet them now at the MCC Podcast. 
Roto.com. Rotoware. Big shout out to the Rotoware uh, company. It's so goddamn comfortable. Can't recommend them enough, man. Yeah. High quality t-shirts. Shout out to Rotoware.com. You see me rocking the shirts on the videos and stuff like that. Where'd you get that? Rotoware. That is courtesy of Rotoware. It's just, it's just the highest quality of shirts. Yeah, I really like the baseball designs you got here. The shirt is beautiful. Everybody who I've talked to who has the shirt basically says they can't believe how good the quality is. Yeah, kid, I've seen you. have been getting a lot of love. You said you've been only running for a little over a month. CBS guys are tweeting out shirts. I'm seeing fantasy personalities everywhere digging this guy's shirt. I love the Run DFS shirt. It comes with the baseball cards with all the different shirts on it. Rotoware on Twitter. Check out rotoware.com. Oh, my God. Is this, is this shirt making love to me right now? Like, what's going on? I love this shirt. This is Adam Nutter. And this is Greg Trout. And we're Nerds with Words, and you are listening to the BS Podcast Network. Hey guys, Brian Padone here, founder of Quiet Punch. When I'm not listening to the Man Cave Chronicles, you can catch me filming one of my live workouts on quietpunch.com. Check it out today. That's quietpunch.com. Um, I, was, I, I meant to ask you this earlier. Uh, how was it punching George Clooney? I only punched him when I found out he was a Democrat. I'm gonna say, yeah. Um, are, is there any uh, projects that you're working on now with the for TVs and movies? Uh, you know, something come along anytime. I'm always pursuing stuff. I've been on the road. I have um some conventions coming up that I'm going to. One in Virginia and one in Florida. And in in October, and um, just have things. Me and my friend are here shooting a film, and um, that's about it. Yeah. Just ride the tide. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. No. And um, tell us a little bit about all the, you know, I was reading some of the stuff, and uh, you do a lot of things for like benefits and visiting children's hospitals worldwide. Yeah, you know, um, I I basically try to center my attention to oncology wards, which is cancer treatment. In 1998, I lost my sister, Beth, to lung cancer, 37 years old. And um, in her honor, I go to children's hospitals. Whenever I go on the road to shoot a film or do a convention, I will go in a couple days early or stay a couple days late so I can visit children's hospitals. Um, I visit them pretty much all over the world and I'm very thankful. And if anybody wants to read, uh, up on it or see pictures or read letters, uh, I believe it's the Scott L. Schwartz children's foundation.com. And, uh, we just look up Scott L. Schwartz children's foundation. There should be some information on that. Yeah. I mean, some of the things you've done here, you know, like, is this list a list of things you've done? And it's great. Not a lot of people do stuff like this. Well, I got to tell you, I've never been self-centered and I've never only worried about me, 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 me. If I could, I would just, we didn't have any time constraints. I'd talk, I'd talk about you and your child that's coming up, hopefully uh, being born later this month, I believe. Did you say that? Yeah. My, uh, I have a, I have a little girl right now, and my son will be born in a few weeks. Wow. God bless you. That's great to have a boy and a girl. And then, of course, you got to cut it off right there. Don't, don't have any more. Exactly. Yeah, I'm all done after that. 
My friend Jeff Craney from Philadelphia, who's also a professional wrestler, he um, he's a typical Irish kid, and he always talked about his son, his son, his son, and he ended up having five girls. Yeah. So no matter how many times you try, if it's not in the cards, it ain't in the cards. Yeah. But I'm, I'm sure he loves all of them the same. Yeah, he does. And you know, I, I hate I hate to date a girl who's a professional wrestler, and you know, you go up and knock on the door, and he comes to the door, and he's, his neck's about twenty inches wide, and you're like, oh, "I'm here to take your daughter out." What? You know, so yeah. whatever. <laughs> I remember my daughter. My daughter used to say to me, "Daddy, when I grow up, I wouldn't be as tall as you." And I go, "It may inhibit your ability to get a date." That's all I got to tell you. <laughs> How did that work out? Uh, she topped off at five foot seven and then she had some probably drug and alcohol habits and, um, she probably, she probably stopped there, probably stunned her growth in some way. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to tell the the listeners and the fans before we end this? Whatever. You ever hear, you ever listen to Morgan White up there on the radio? Who is it? Morgan White. I do not. He has a trivia show on WBZ and I think some other, one other station. Good, good friend of mine. Great guy. Yeah. Are you, you going to be on the show? Uh, sometimes he has a guest back out and he'll call me up and I'll fill in. Yeah. But we're old friends so it's like, it's cool. He, he, um, he had me on a show when I was wrestling he did our. We did a show from Boston, right in Boston. I think we were like on in Brookline, and uh, we did a show in there. And me and Richard Byrne, who was a, he called himself a professional wrestler. I've been in the ring with him a bunch of times, and I could say I wouldn't use wrestling in his title at all. He sucked. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I can't really say anything bad about Dead, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but you know what, uh, we had a, we were in a show one time, we, we raised such a ruckus in there that people actually thought Morgan was getting beat up and, um, Morgan became a great friend of mine. I let him manage me on a, on a show. He was under contract. So I did one of my execution masks and he managed me with the mask on. And did a great job and had fun and never forgot me for that because, you know, I made one of his dreams come true, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. That's great. Um, How can the listeners find you online? Are you on social media? Uh, www.ultimatebadguy.com, one word, U-L-T-I-M-A-T-E-G. B-A-D-G-U-Y. Say that fast three times. And um, TVTHUG at AOL.com. T-V-T-H-U-G. And that's about it. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. It was a uh, fun. Thank hearing. you very much for having me. It was fun hearing some of those wrestling stories and some of the... I could tell you, it was brilliant. You have to come back on again. Anytime, just let me know. All right, thank you. Thank you, Elias.
Hi, buddy, you too. Thank you.